Saying where you're located is in the midst of all the sinfulness. 
you know, all the all the pagan worship, you know, you know, people that are doing very sinful acts. And so I understand your situation. So it's kind of cool Jesus points out that, look, I get it. You guys are kind of disadvantaged from other people. You always have a lot more temptations than other people do. So I, I just want to point that out. I see that. I get that. But then he goes on and says, And you hold fast to my name, and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So he also tells them, hey, you guys did a good job. You know, all the all this sin that's going on around you, all this idol worshiping and, and temple gods and things like that, you're not participating in it. You're still worshiping me. And so, you know, I, I commend you for that because that's hard to do, especially when temptation's all around you. So first off, I'm like, okay, great, we're doing good. But then, he, then there's a big but. And this 14's kind of funny. Yeah, there's a big but. But uh, there's a big but in 14. And it says, uh, but I have a few things against you. It says, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of, of Balaam, who taught the law to put stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things. So it's kind of confusing um, the way it's worded because the language is not necessarily the kind of language we would necessarily use in, in, in English today. Um, but basically, if you kind of sum this up, what Jesus is getting to here is this church is not necessarily participating in the idol worship, but they know it's going on, and they kind of turn a blind eye to it, and they just let it happen. And they don't necessarily not support it either. And so although, although they're not necessarily going to the temple and worshiping Baal or worshiping these false gods, they're also not like adequately standing against it and saying, this is wrong, you shouldn't do this. It's kind of like, okay, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, we're all good kind of thing. And so that's why this church gets the title, Compromising Church. Because Jesus is saying, you've got part of the religion correct, part of following me you've got right, but you're missing a big portion there of, you should be witnessing to those that are lost around you, and you should be leading them to me. If you're just letting them live in sin, letting them worship these idols, never trying to show them the right way, never, you know, never leading them to the truth, then you're missing a big portion of what I'm calling you to do. And in reality, you're not being the church that I'm truly calling Here's what I mean by this. The church today in America is big about falling into this trap. So, for instance, there's a lot of things in our society today that is obviously not biblical. You, know, you have the homosexual movement, you have abortion, you have, uh, you know, teenage kids having, having sex left and right. You have all kinds of things that are going on that is promoted in our society, is encouraged. And it says in the Bible not to do those things. And although sometimes the church itself isn't participating in those acts, we also aren't doing anything to stop those acts either. Um, and so in a sense, we're saying, okay, you live your life. I live my life, and we're all good. But that's not exactly what Jesus calls us to be. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that if you live your life as a Christian, and they live their life as a non-Christian, then after all the Christians die, then where is the You know, the whole point of your, your whole purpose and calling is to take what you learned and Jesus has taught you and to share it with the world around you. Also because if you don't share with the lost people that are out there Doing these 
sinful acts, then they're not ever going to turn to Christ. And if they don't turn to Christ, then when they die, they spend eternity separated from Him. And so if you truly care about that person, you really desire the best for them, then you want to lead them to the truth. Um, and if, you, if you're not doing that, it's comfort zone and to witness to them, even though it may be uncomfortable to do that. And so um, what, what I think about here is the example of Jesus in the Bible. So the compromising church, if you read the first part, it says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things say he who has a sharp two-edged sword. So who is that person who has a sharp two-edged sword? It's Jesus. He references them later in Revelation having this two-edged sword. And so Jesus is the one actually saying this to the church. And so you think about, okay, well, let's look at Jesus' life. And how did he live his life? So if you go back into the Bible, Jesus spent a lot of time with sinners, people that were not living the right way. You know, he probably spent just as much time with sinners sometimes than he did with his disciples, constantly pouring out and constantly ministering, teaching, teaching, the, teaching people. So a lot of people in our church today in America, take those passages in the Bible and they say, well, if Jesus was associated with sinners, then we should associate with sinners as well. And that is a partial truth, but they miss the entire point. The whole point, Jesus associated with sinners, well, I came for those that are sick. Because those that are well don't need a doctor, those that are sick do. And so Jesus spent his time with those that were not following God's law because he wanted them to eventually follow God's law. He wanted to show them the truth. And now he did it through love and, and kindness and peace, but he presented the truth to them. In America today, in this church back then, so think about this, a 2,000 years difference here, and we're kind of the same boat. This church back then, and a lot of times the church in America today, will say, yeah, let's, we'll take that verse and say, we'll hang out with sinners, and, you know, we just won't commit those acts, but, you know, it's wrong for us to tell them not to do it either, because the Bible says don't judge. So, what Jesus is saying in this verse is you're missing the point there, because your calling as a Christian is to lead the lost to Christ. And if you're not showing the lost the truth, you're not leading the lost to Christ, and you're letting the lost become even more lost. You're leading the lost even more into darkness. And because of that, it's compromising your faith. Because you're keeping your faith to yourself, and in, in doing that, you're not living out your true faith. Does that make sense? Um, one thing I put here is our call as Christians is to lead the world to the light, which is ultimately Christ. But we can't do that if we allow darkness to involve our society. You know, if you're just hanging out with sinners to hang out with, with sinners, just because they have something that you don't have, then you're hanging out with them for the wrong reasons. You, know, you should hang out with people because you truly love people and you, and you desire the best for them. But if you desire the best for them, you should be leading them to Christ. Whether it's, you know, you're inviting them to church, whether you talk about your church every now and then around them, whether you actually witness to them, whatever they look like, but you should at least be incorporating Christ into those conversations and leading them to the truth. 
if you're only hanging out with them just to hang out and just to associate with them because they're cool people, then you're really missing your purpose and your calling. Because the people that put that God puts in your life are different than people that put that God puts in my life. And God puts you with those with those people because He knows you can relate to them, they're gonna to relate to you. And the only thing because God knows that you have a chance to reach them that someone else may not. And so if you don't take the opportunity to reach that person for Christ, and you don't get the chance to, to reach out to them, then somebody else may not either. And then all of a sudden you get to heaven one day, and Jesus asks you, hey, why did you not share with Johnny? Because you know, now Johnny is living separated from me forever. That's going to be a hard conversation to have. And I think about that in my own personal life. There's a lot of opportunities I've missed with people. And I have to think about that in my life today. Like, what opportunities do I currently have to share Christ? And then maybe I'm not doing that. Maybe I'm just hanging out and enjoying the person, but I'm missing the whole point of leading them to Christ. Because eventually we get to eternity, God's not going to say, hey, I'm glad you had a lot of friends, Bradley. He's going to say, did you lead your friends to me? Because if not, you missed the point. You missed the mark. And so um, I also think about this, <coughs> too, as far as the compromising church. How do you guys think churches today compromise the way they worship and the way they preach just to bring in more people? What do you guys think? What are some ways that churches compromise today? They don't preach repentance. Topics that may be controversial, they stay away from. What else do churches do? Like, say you're say you're in this area, Percommon, and say that uh, the area obviously is out of worshiping, temple worshiping gods, living in sexual morality, stuff like that. A compromising the compromising church back then, it may be the kind of church that they don't preach on sexual morality because they know if they do that. It may step on some toes and cause some people to be like, oh, whoa, I'm living the wrong way. And so they may just preach about love and joy and stuff like that. And although they're not necessarily doing the wrong things, they're also not leading the lost world around them to the truth. What are some examples of churches today that do that kind of thing? You might have an example of a, of a, of a type of belief that's taught sometimes in church that can be compromising. Or maybe the way they do service. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, a lot of churches do. They they target the young folks because they're the ones that they can. They look they look good having a lot of young folks in the audience, and they're more energetic. They can do more things, and so. They target all their messages towards them. That's good. Yeah, that's and that's not necessarily right either because then you're missing a whole generation of people. Yes, yeah, that's, that's good. Joel Osteen. Yeah, you got like Joel Osteen, prosperity gospel churches that are all about wealth and you know building yourself up kind of things. If you go there, they're like, hey, if you do this, do this, you'll have all this money and wealth and happiness. And so everybody they they, they preach these messages and so people give to the church and they have large audiences and stuff like that. Basically, it's a self-fulfilling kind of gospel. It's not the true gospel, you know, because obviously following Christ, Christ says you're going to go through persecution, and life's not always going to be easy, but it's worth it in the end. But you're not necessarily going to have millions of dollars. He never says that in the Bible. But you can twist the truth and get people to believe that kind of stuff. And so I want us to think about here, as a church in today's society in America, 
we have to get to the point where we do things to draw people in, but if we only do it to draw them in, then we miss the point of it. Um, because if we just draw people into church, but then once they get to church, we don't actually teach them the truth, then there's really no point of having a church. We might as well just have like a social club. Um, but if we draw people in, you know, we can do fun activities, we can change up the way we worship, you know, we can do things that are not unbiblical to draw younger folks in, to draw people in, and that stuff can be very good, but once the people come into church, we should present the truth to them and teach the Bible, and not just parts of the Bible, but the whole Bible, hoping that that person gives their life to Christ and repentance, because that's the whole point of what we do as a church, as Christians. A lot of churches today just want to get thousands of people in the doors to say they have thousands of people in the church. And just they can all feel good about themselves and celebrate together. But if you're not actually leading those people to, to Christ, then you're really missing the whole point of church. And that's kind of, again, what this church is, Christ is talking about. You know, just because you're living the right way, that's not your only mission as a Christian. Your other half is to now lead the world in that way as well. You know, pick up your cross and follow me. Teach the world to also do this. Share, share that light into the darkness. And so, as we close here, you know, it's something to think about in your own personal life and in society today. You know, with all the movements we have going on right now that are not right, the longer we let these things just go, we never speak up against it, we never present the truth to somebody, we never, you know, stand up for our faith, then the more just allowing darkness to engulf our society. And the more we do that, the far our society ultimately gets away from Christ. And so as a Christian, we have to think about what are we doing to really reach the lost people? Are we just hanging out with them to hang out with them? Or are we hanging out with them to lead them to Jesus? You know, what is, what is our purpose and mission, and are we living that out? And if we can do that each and every day, think about that. Don't be a compromising church. Be the church that's all in. Not just getting people in the doors, but getting people into heaven. And if we can be that kind of church, then we're going to be the church that Christ loves. Let me pray for us, and then we'll close here. Dear Lord, thank you so much just for showing us, uh, Lord, that it's not just about living life the way we should live life. It's about truly really giving back and sharing what we've learned with others. Knowing, God, that we should be the influence in the world. We should be the ones that are speaking the loudest, God, and the ones that have the biggest voice for you. I can lead others to you and to shine a light into the world of darkness. When people see us, they see you, and they turn to you, God, knowing that that's what's going to truly save them for all eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. All right.